Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. We've got some news about LeBron James's return and the Lakers head out on the road, opening their first big trip against the champs who are struggling just like them. Lots to talk about on today's Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stars, Andy, they're just like us. The Bucs won a title, but they struggle just like every team can struggle, Lakers fans. Uh, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Calm. Uh, and uh, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron using the Calm app and get a 40% discount off a premium subscription. Go to calm.com backslash locked on NBA. I want to thank you as well for making locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. We've got fresh podcasts up for you. Um, and then when you're done with us, go check around the network, whether it's the locked on fantasy podcast, the locked on bets, you could check out locked on bucks to preview uh, Wednesday night's game, uh, but lots of good stuff out there on the network. So we, uh, we appreciate you doing that. Um, Andy, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that the Lakers are, have growing optimism <laughs> that LeBron James will appear in Friday's game in Boston. Growing optimism. It sounds like he's like almost scooping the Lakers, like drafting someone or whatever, using the language he does on draft day. Yeah, when he gets the uh, notices from the NBA that he's not allowed to uh, preempt their coverage, but he finds the workaround. Either that or he's just he's been doing that thing, which to Woj's credit, he has wonderfully leaned into yes. like the the first season he did it. You could tell like this was him trying to abide by a warning and really try to be a, you know, a company man working with a major partner in the NBA. And then he realized, okay, this is shtick and I can have a lot of fun with this uh, on Twitter as my shtick during my war with shams. And now I, it feels like he may have actually just developed like a verbal tick, like it may be the equivalent of an Aaron Sorkin speech. Yeah. Like this is just something that you count on in anything that Woj delivers. <laughs> it's very important to do the Woj dialogue exactly as it's written on the page or he gets mm -hmm. very upset. Yes. Um, it, is, it is nice that you point out that Woj is leaning into a joke because Woj, while he is many things, whimsical is not one of them. He's, been very, he's always been very oh, nice. Very nice. I've never had a problem personally. I'm just saying he doesn't exude whimsy. No. No, he he's is <laughs> all I'm say, saying. I would say his reputation around the water cooler <laughs> is not that of a whimsical, not man. a whimsical, lighthearted no. fellow. Again, uh, always been nice to us. Those are not mutually exclusive. Um, anyway, Never had so a reason not to be nice. The to Lakers us. getting LeBron back, um, is obviously. I mean, this is this is hypercritical to what what they're trying to do for for any number of reasons. The first one is they haven't been out on the road. They need to win some games. But the second is like. We gotta get we gotta get the band together here. Um, the the three of these guys, the big three, need to play together. We need to get as many of the supporting cast together as possible, and all this sort of stuff. Like fifteen games in, sixteen on Wednesday night uh, as the road trip kicks off. Like we are officially in. Yeah, we've lost some time territory, like significant time territory for yeah, me at least. It, well, it's a weird question right now as we head into this road trip that like a lot of things with this season, total unpredictability seemed like a much more treacherous buzzsaw of a road trip than it actually stands right now. To be clear, 
it's going to be a challenging road trip other than the game against Detroit. I don't think the Lakers will yeah, be favored. Yeah, the Pistons favored. are hot garbage. I mean, right. just the, hot garbage. Right. The Lakers are not going to be favored in any of those games, nor should they be. But, for example, Milwaukee, defending champions, they've been dealing with a lot of uh, injury issues, maybe a little bit of championship hangover, but they're currently sub-500. The Knicks, after a really hot start, uh, they've been scuffling. The the Celtics have been scuffling. Yeah, J- Jalen Brown is hurt. Like and, you know, had, scuffling and yelling at each other. Right. They've had guys in and out with COVID issues. All all sorts of different stuff. And then the Pacers have just been flat out underachieving on top of the issues that they've had. So again, challenging road trip. But when when the season first began and everybody does their you know look at the schedule, we both thought that was going to be like a ooh wow, okay, this is where the season officially begins. Mm -hmm. What's also interesting, though, is at 8-7, and we know that the Lakers are not a good team just because they have not performed consistently well or even close to it as a good team. But it's also hard to know whether or not they're a good team. Like, we actually (laughs) really don't know. Yeah, and here's the thing We know they are not currently a good team, but right. like the larger question no, you're right. of yes. are they a good team? I, I don't know. I know. And, and look, because they are, it, it's tea leaf reading right now. And I mean, I went back and did a little bit of math. And like, first of all, first things first, it is unquestionably there. I don't care injuries this way. Where they are right now is suboptimal. It is disappointing. It is uh, potentially harmful if you're somebody who cares about where they finish in the conference. Like if this matters to you. Like this was by any stretch supposed to be. I know we just talked about how the road trip was going to, you know, looked a lot harder on paper at the beginning of the year when the schedule came out than it does now. But statistically speaking, the 15 games they've played so far, they have the fifth easiest schedule in the NBA and they're eight and seven. Um, They've played all but three of the games at home and they're eight and seven. Uh, I went and did a little bit of math. The margin of victory in their seven wins, two of which are against Houston. Uh, is 5.6 their margin of uh, loss in the in the seven games they've lost is 12 so like they're scraping out some wins and they and and they're more often getting their asses kicked well they they have a tendency the lakers when they lose they become the equivalent of someone that just says f it and lets themselves go Mm -hmm. physically and puts on like their thor yeah like whatever like end game or whichever one before he works himself back into shape exactly i mean they they let themselves go and say screw it Mm -hmm. i i am either in a relationship that I know I'm never going to do better than, or I know I'm never going to be in a relationship. Pass, anyway, I don't care. Pass me another honey bun. Let's exactly. get going here. Exactly. Um, but like the problem, like you say, the problem is that they head out on the road and let's talk about, we'll talk about Milwaukee here in a second, but like they head out onto the road. And the problem isn't that we don't know if they're a good team or a great team yet. It's that we're no closer to knowing now functionally. I don't think than we were at like the beginning of training camp, maybe incrementally, We've gotten a, a little bit of signs here and there and, and whatever, but not really. Like, I don't feel like I know a significant amount more about how this is going to work and how it'll look when when this gets to the playoffs than I did in training camp. It still feels, it's funny you say that, Brian, it still feels incredibly on paper right now. Mm-hmm. We're 15 games in and most of the indications that I have about this team are based off what I thought the team would be like at full strength on paper heading into the season, and we've not seen the team at full strength. Will be interesting, uh, just worth noting, 
with the Bucks scuffling right now, and again, it's early with them. They've had a lot of injuries. They've had COVID. You know, again, probably a bit of that championship hangover. If they end up going out, say, first, second round, unimpressive second round exit, and the Lakers, for reasons that can't be as easily justified or explained away as last season's first round exit, the Lakers go out in round one or round two. Do you think the 2020 championship for the Lakers or the 2021 championship for the Bucks will be considered the faker title? Oh, because Lakers. we both we already no, hear Lakers, a lot right. about no, both. No, of no, this is not our opinion. Both there is no sure. such thing as a fake consensus opinion. Consent. Right. The answer is the Lakers because people hate the Lakers, generally speaking, um, except for Lakers fans. And the bubble championship was legitimately weird. Like that was the 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 strangest title anybody is ever going to win. Like when you when you put it all back together, the Bucks got some good luck along the way in terms of teams getting injured and this. But that's fairly conventional. Um, season shuts down for four months. Everybody moves to Orlando and we play there. Plus, Andy, my understanding is they use that Disney entertainment muscle. The whole thing was CGI'd. Um, so when you, yeah, no, I sources. So when you talk about fake titles, I don't know anything that's faker than green screen. Um, were, were you there? Did you see no. it happen? No, I, no one I, did. I have no actual evidence that McMenamin or Kyle Goon or any of these people who claim they were there, um, all I'm of not whom even sure I, they're real people, all of whom I've seen drive incredibly expensive cars <laughs> since they got back from the bubble. Um, and they, they seem to be living much more fancy lifestyles mm -hmm. that suggest hiding a very monetarily important secret. But that's just me speculating. I, I don't really know. So the Lakers, uh, the Chicago game was a fascinating one, uh, not just because of the result or the return of Alex Caruso, uh, but DeMar DeRozan was obviously a big part of that game. He scored uh, 700 points as the Bulls beat the Lakers on Monday night. Um, but also spoke to the media about how close he thought it was, at least, to joining the Lakers, which when you put with the Buddy Heald question and the Russell Westbrook question, um, gets to just these larger philosophical choices that the Lakers made in constructing this roster that we know nothing about, and we will talk about it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Calm. You know what makes LeBron James King James? Sleep. That's right. Sleep. That's his superpower. That and incredible athleticism and amazing mm -hmm. basketball brain, um, just savviness, but, but also mostly sleep, mostly, <laughs> mostly sleep. sleep. And that is because of Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation. They've teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. All joking aside, sleep is incredibly important. I wish I got more of it. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in the body. That is true. And LeBron has an incredible mind. But you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it like LeBron. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, perform at your best just like LeBron James, if not exactly just like LeBron James. <laughs> Head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time. You get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. You have access to the nature scenes. LeBron loves like rain on leaves. That does sound awesome. Other ones like sleep stories, meditation. So you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. Help you keep the main thing the main thing, as LeBron would say. And again, I cannot emphasize this enough. Sleep is incredibly important. So capitalize on this. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com 
slash locked on NBA. Unlock content that helps you focus, ease stress, sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Hey, Andy, you know what I love? Sleep? Yes, but also Thanksgiving, which the turkey puts you to sleep. All of the good food and the treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a dessert, but you want one that's not so full of calories and sugar. And it's the perfect time then for Built Bars. Built Bars are the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and you can feel good about it. Andy, one slice of pie, if you're like a dainty little person who cuts tiny little pieces of pie, has 300 calories. On the low end, before you put all the stuff on it and whatever, Built Bars. 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. So replace your coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. Go for a raspberry built bar instead of a raspberry pie. There are lots of good flavors to replace basically any pie that you can think of. They got a blueberry flavor, you got blueberry pie, replace it. Pie built bar, that's your deal. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high in protein. It's great when you're hungry to stave off that snacking thing uh, where you know you just got to get from meal A to meal B and all the leftovers are in, in the refrigerator. Built Bars can help you bridge those gaps. Uh, and there's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built Bar. Uh, excuse me, at Built.com. Um. The Chicago game was a reminder. You know, we focused a lot on Caruso, obviously, Andy, but it was it was another reminder of the choices that the Lakers made this offseason and sort of philosophically how they got how, why they are where they are and ultimately how much they set themselves up for success because in it, it, it's looking like in one way, shape, or form. They had a Buddy Heald option. They had a potential DeMar DeRozan option. They had a Russell Westbrook option. Without getting bogged down in which ones were, like, obviously the Heald thing could have happened. The Westbrook thing Kyle did happen. Kyle Kuzma said he thought it was right. happening flat out. He thought he was on his way to Sacramento. Right. The, the Westbrook thing did happen. And I'll take DeMar DeRozan at his word that at the very least, he thought he was uh, on his way to. <laughs> Although it is funny, um, as Jacob Rude, friend of the show, pointed out in a piece over at Silver Screen and Roll, DeMar DeRozan saying during the offseason that he thought uh, he was close to becoming a Laker has become something of an annual tradition in his career. He's an LA guy. I think he has very much been like uh Lavar Ball trying to speak into <laughs> speak existence. Speaking into existence. <laughs> becoming a Laker. Like it's become really it should become really clear to even if the Bulls manage to end up like one of the upstart teams of recent memory and they end up winning a championship this year, there's gonna be a little part of DeMar DeRozan picturing himself lifting that trophy while in purple and gold. Yeah. And, you know, there's a little part of me that kind of wishes he was here, too, because what I don't we know this, knows. by the way, a, a lot of this got started also because Chris Haynes had an interview after the right. game with the Lakers. Uh, Chris Haynes from it, it Yahoo. Was, it was asked in a bunch of ways, like in DeRozan. Clear, and I, I, the point isn't whether or not he was right or wrong, how how close the Lakers were to making a trade with. Um, with San Antonio to facilitate a sign and trade, all that stuff. But philosophically, the choice that the Lakers made is going to be the defining, you know, not the defining characteristic, not just of this season, but also next season and really seasons beyond, because the Lakers have put themselves in a position by making the gigantic swing with Westbrook 
they pushed all of their chips into the center of the table. I've heard people say, Andy, well, don't worry about it. This team is going to, you know, it's going to look much different after the trade deadline. I mean, maybe, but probably not. Like, Well, it depends on how you define after the trade deadline, right? And you, very different, you, I suppose. Well, if you are defining it any point after the trade deadline, which could include the buyout market, then yes, that is possible, assuming your threshold for very different isn't necessarily radically different. Mm-hmm. If you are talking, you know, 3 p.m. Pacific time or whenever the hell this year's trade deadline ends on that particular day, I tend to agree with you. The odds of the roster looking uh, tremendously different feel low. Mm-hmm. These Lakers just don't have a lot of flexibility with what they can trade. They don't have salaries except for THT, who, as he shows, uh, has shown in the first couple games back, is difficult to trade because they kind of need him. It's hard to trade mm-hmm. T- Taylor Horton Tucker and get better. Um, and get a $9 million <laughs> player in return. It's well, like the, other, the only other asset they really have is Kendrick Nunn, who I'm not st- sure is still on the team. I, I, I don't know, as we talked about on Tuesday's show, Andy, I don't know if you were ever going to see him again. Um, He's like on a yeah. damn milk carton right now. So, you know, they, they have made a philosophical choice. You know, people talk about the roster turnover for this year and the continuity questions and the year, like if the, if the, you know, the Lakers are putting themselves in a situation where most likely it may be a guy like Carmelo Anthony returns a couple of the one year deal guys return, but they're probably going to have a massive turnover in the roster next year too, because they aren't going to be able to sign a bunch of free agents. And it's, it's a bunch of one year guys based on like, this is the track that they've put themselves on over the last couple of seasons by making these very aggressive turns at the roster. I was very supportive of what they did last year. I'm not going to go back and be revisionist about it. I was less supportive about the Westbrook part of it this year and um, more supportive of what they did after. But everything that they've done is in the context of the Westbrook trade. And when you start to look at it, it is fair, I think, to wonder if just philosophically they made this light years harder than it needed to be because of their collective attraction to the star power of Russell Westbrook. Well, I don't think that's even debatable. I mean, that that becomes the case even if once everybody is present and accounted for and the Lakers start playing in the highest upside version of themselves that you can imagine, Russell Westbrook, by definition, makes your mission more complicated. He is, said this before, Brian, the least blendable player in the NBA. Yes. Which is not to say that this can't work. That's not even my point. My point is, though, when you when you look at the guys that have been linked to the Lakers during this offseason, Buddy Heald, who you talked before about not being revisionist, I'm not going to be revisionist and paint myself as more enthusiastic of that prospect than I was at the time. At the time, I had some reservations about Heald as an overall player and also his contract, which is... Fairly expensive for a guy who I th- 23 million, I think it is. Yeah, I, like I, he's fairly expensive for a guy who I think is an elite shooter, but overall kind of high six man quality. Mm-hmm. But there's no question, Buddy Heald was a clean, easy. Which fit. do you, but in the moment, I will, you know, if you could have chosen between a Buddy Heald for Coos and Harrell trade or, or the Westbrook trading for Russell Westbrook, oh, I said at you the time, Buddy Heald. Yes. Yeah. I, I, again, right. I'm just, I, I'm just, 
laying. No, I, under, I understand. I, I I respect your fidelity to uh, honesty and all that. Oh kind no, of stuff. no, just, I, but I it's like would have done healed. Right. Uh, if, I, if I had to choose between one or the other. And if, and if DeRozan was a real choice. If DeRozan was a real choice, and this is something that both you and I, Brian, were, consi- were uh, I think, pretty consistent about in the moment. We said that we thought DeMar DeRozan was a very unlikely acquisition because of the Lakers' cap constrictions and needing to sign and trade for him. As opposed to sign and trading right, somebody you out with a deal that San Antonio it, wants, it would have been extremely, so on, so on. yeah, it would have been extremely difficult to do this. The odds of him taking a mid-level deal and leaving what turned out to be like eighty-something million dollars on the table uh, felt far-fetched. But Demar Derozan to both of us was, in terms of people linked to the Lakers, like star-level players, the best combination of high-end talent and cleanliness with the fit. Because while DeMar DeRozan does not help them dramatically with their outside shooting, although he is actually shooting he's better, better this three, year, yeah. he, he's still not a guy that was proven or is proven by any stretch from three. His mid-range that he does not necessarily stretch the floor, he is elite at that. Mm-hmm. And even if he does not stretch the floor while putting up those shots, you will always have to account for him doing that. And his ability to get to that mid-range whenever he wants against any defender and that ability to make plays. And he's become an extremely good playmaker. And, by the way, gets to the line a ton and is an elite-level free-throw maker. Right. There are different efficiencies that DeRozan does bring there. And then defensively, yeah, he's not great, but there's Westbrook, neither is he. I was about to say, if if your other option here is Russell Westbrook. And so, like, what the Lakers have a way of doing things and it is impossible to argue with the success of it they have won 17 nba championships they won two years ago or about a year and a half ago or six months ago whatever it was but two seasons ago when you count modern winning you know sorry boston they are by far the dominant franchise of the nba and it is not even remotely close if, if you right. basically count bas- the NBA from when the NBA mattered onward, they are the best franchise, they're the most successful. Nobody comes close. And so, you know, and I, I, we got a, a great reader comment, a, li- a viewer comment, I should say, to the YouTube. And we're so used to the writing stuff. But like the, a viewer comment that was left on YouTube that we're going to get to here in a second. But what I think is just, it's fascinating. It's like Rob Palinka is a very aggressive guy. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again this year. The idea that um, LeBron was the reason, like, you know, that they, the rest of the organization wasn't interested in Westbrook is ridiculous. Um, this fits the, the Palinka profile as much as anything. You know, I, this is how they sort of operate. But the difference now, and to get to the, the, the conversation that we had about, you know what, I'll, we'll hold it because I want to make this point about Frank Vogel okay. and how all of this gets to put together. And then we'll get to THD in a second. We'll do it all next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Back better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, which we are, frankly, in right now. Mm-hmm. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive said bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Everything except current baseball. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing 
offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. Um, so yeah, well, this is a this is a point that we can make a you know through the week and whatever. But just to finish it, the the Lakers for all for all of Rob Palenka's aggressiveness, whether it's the the first year getting AD, I mean, which is an aggressive trade. You trade three quarters of your roster for for a star, even if it's kind of a no brainer. It's still an aggressive trade. Um, and then you, you know, the next year you reshape the roster again. Um, they and try to go after Kawhi Leonard, you try to go after Kawhi Leonard. You do it again. Like they sat on their hands is a for Kawhi Leonard. big swinger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I mean, the man attends key parties, but. right up next, Mrs. <laughs> Palenka. Uh, anyway, yeah, we just got fired. <laughs> Yeah, I regret maybe. nothing. Um, so yeah, baby. Um, so the should yeah, get he, fired for that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's different. Um, He's even the oh. dog objects. <laughs> <laughs> even but the like, dog says it was a bridge too far. Obviously, you know the Lakers got off to a tremendous start that first year with Anthony Davis when people were expecting some sort of uh, adjustment period. The second year, it fell apart at the end, but they got you know they they started very well. Whatever it was twenty one and six, and there was enough evidence that yeah, you know what this this was a this team is really good, and we're going to be okay this year though, Andy. There is that gap between aggressiveness and achievement where I wonder, as we talked uh, for, for Tuesday's show about Frank Vogel's future, how that's going to play out. Is Palenka going to be patient with Vogel, knowing that some of Vogel's problems, a lot of Vogel's problems are of Palenka's making? Um, and that's the part of this equation that I'm fascinated to see. But anyway, we got a great comment about THT and his return and how he fits into all this roster construction and stuff and the choices the Lakers have made, uh, from the YouTube channel. Yeah, this one really jumped out at me and I've actually been corresponding back and forth with, uh, whoever the triple F 198 is, um, other than a pretty sharp dude. Um, this was on the heels of THT definitely playing the best game of anybody in that Chicago loss uh, from the Lakers and playing pretty well in his debut as well. THT potentially making the leap makes the Russ trade look even worse, laughing my ass off. And that was a really interesting way of comparing and framing two players that neither one of us had ever, I Hadn't think, actually... It. It, it is. You're right. It's. I had never thought about it that way before. But, you know, it's obviously premature to declare Taylor Horton Tucker at Russell Westbrook's level. I mean, Russell Westbrook is currently a better player, certainly more proven player, than Taylor Horton Tucker by a fairly big margin. It's also, it's also premature to say he's made the leap. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He's gotten off to a good start, but we need to see more. But that being said, what is interesting about this, that again, I never made this connection, is the Lakers obviously signed Taylor Horton Tucker. You know, They believe in his future, but they also believe that he is ready to make contributions because he is part of a win-now team. And I think they believe that they got him at a price point that by the end of that contract, mm -hmm. he is going to seem pretty significantly underpaid. So if he is really ahead of schedule at the stuff that he is best at, playmaking, getting to the rim, using that sort of strength, you know, that athleticism that he has, it makes you wonder if the Russell Westbrook investment 
was necessary at all, regardless of whether you think it would have been better to go for Buddy Heald, regardless of whether you stood pat, regardless of what else you would have done, just in terms of zeroing in on Russell Westbrook, when you have Talon Horton Tucker doing things that are in a lot of ways quite similar to Russell Westbrook, and you see him on this very definitive upswing because they made a very strong decision to choose Talon Horton Tucker as the guy that they commit to. Overpay for him now and underpay for him down the road. Exactly. And that was a really fascinating way of looking at it because you, you, before I let you go, you could make an argument that they both bet on Talon Horton Tucker to look very underpaid, maybe even early on in this contract, but also by getting Russell Westbrook hedged against that bet. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but like, you know, you're, I, I, other than the speed at which nobody, nobody replicates the speed up and down the floor that Westbrook plays or the sort of the force that, that, that Russ plays at. And I, and I, I think the point, at least for me, isn't to compare the two directly, but it, it, it gets to that thing where like, did you, is the sledgehammer the right tool? Like, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I think it's a little bit unfair in the sense of, you know, I'm not sure that you could anticipate exactly what THT would be this year. Um, even people like us who were pretty high on the like had a range of like could be, you know, a critically important, you know, 27, 28 minute a night guy, or you could also seem like needing more time. Like he's 20 years old, a lot can happen. Um, but if you thought he was going to be a really good contributor and like really that confident him, it is another reason to question. Westbrook specifically, because again, it's not that it's not a not star, not go get a star. That star, he is a you are dropping a bomb in the middle of your roster, even as somebody who believes in a lot of of Westbrook's skill set. Westbrook actually played on balance pretty well against Chicago. He did, he he wasn't the he wasn't the problem. No, he he was not at all. He came up, I think it was you know, he had uh, nine, he didn't have 19, that was AD the other night, but he, he was very productive in the first half, got to the rim. Um, you know, attacked the basket, and all that stuff. He, he, it was fine, but it's just, it, you, you put yourself in a box when you have Westbrook. It may be a box that's worth having, and the box might win you a title, but it's the path of most resistance. I have, I, there's a person in my family I use this expression about, like, like there is just like no matter what the 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 end game is here whatever the task is whatever it is like manages to find the path of most resistance to to attack that task i'm right here <laughs> <laughs> i'm right here brian i don't consider you family no. uh, <laughs> wow i thought you were going to say no it's not you but <laughs> It's not you, but it's only because right because I, I don't I try cons- to forget right. that we're related all the right. time. I I I I don't uh, claim you when I leave the house. Um, but if you understand, it's what not I'm you like, because I've compartmentalized, right? And it sometimes works, like, but it it but it just it's it's like, gosh, that's that's the hard that seems like the hardest way to do it. Um, and the 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 potential reward for Westbrook is super high, but man alive, you just you put yourselves just and this. It's a great way to, I think, finish it because it kind of circles back to the beginning of the conversation. By making the Russell Westbrook trade, the the Lakers have put themselves on a path where basically all they can do is the Russell Westbrook trade. They can't pivot very easily 
off of this. Buddy Heald could have pivoted. Yeah, Pivot. Maybe unless the Rockets are willing to trade back for Westbrook and the Lakers take John Wall. John Wall. Right. <laughs> I mean, and then like six months from now, they can do it again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get zany. But other than that, no, you're right. There's, there's you know, and, not and, really much else you can do. And the summertime next year is going to look a lot like the summertime this year where we also be like, hey, great. Which one-year guys can they go get? This is this is the path that Palinka has put them on. So he if they win a title, right. none of it matters. But oh no, oh gosh, no, absolutely. They get to the finals. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot, you know, it's not just, but you know, and quite frankly, you know, how else better hope that that Palinka is right? Frank bleeping Vogel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because otherwise he's not going to be around here for uh for that much longer. Um, lots to talk about after Wednesday night's game against the world champion and also disappointing Milwaukee Bucks. Get you ready for Friday's game against the Celtics in Boston. Thanks again for everybody making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Find another locked on show, locked on bets, maybe to make your second listen. Uh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, see everybody tomorrow.